Hi, and welcome to Com Church Talks. This is our sermon of the day. We pray it will be a real blessing to you. I know you'll be encouraged, challenged, and uplifted by the talk you're about to hear. This whole session today is on celebration. It is a celebration of a great God and a great mission. A great mission, a great commission that this church is involved in. And I have to say right at the beginning, although this is Mission Celebration Sunday for 2019, it's only part one. It can only be that far because we're only halfway through the year. But already we have seen such amazing things happen. And uh, we're going to have a different kind of uh, slot today, just leading up to your lunch and everything else. There will be a little bit of worship at the end, don't worry. But what we're going to do is uh, we're going to look at different aspects of COM family mission that's been going on internationally. We, we know about the other things. We know about the pre-love that's coming up. We'll be doing uh, just thanking God for those things. Like we thanked God for what he did at Easter time throughout AD 33, everything else. But we're focusing beyond that this, today. Um, first of all, I just want to uh, bring you, last week, for those of you who are here, there was a, a little chap in his suit and tie, uh, an amazing little bloke uh, called Richard Brunton. And uh, Richard, he sent me this message after, um, after the service. Oh no, I've even lost it. Oh my goodness, don't tell him I've lost it. All right. Basically said, thank you so very, very much for the welcome that you showed to him, that he loved the partnership that we have, and he feels that I'm planted in good soil in this place. Uh, and um, they were so touched by your prayers and the opportunity to greet the house last week. Um, do continue to pray for Richard and Elaine. He's got five sons doing amazing things all over the place. And this year, being his 25th year uh, with Living Hope uh, Ministries, there's lots of celebrations are planned. On the 19th of October, there is, down in Lansing, a whole day of celebrations where people from Eastern Europe, across Africa, are coming together in England uh, just to celebrate what God has done, just like we were uh, today, thinking about what the vision is as well going on into 2020. Um, I did a little short exercise last week, and it was uh, a brief survey to see where Com Church family have been. And uh, for those of you who told me about your holidays and your exploits and things, I, uh, Joshua put them into a map. Can you put the, the graphic up? This is a little hot map. Okay, so <clears throat> it seems like the United States is a very good place to go because that... Yes. Uh, they're, they're sort of up there with that. And, and, and yeah, apparently Spain is a good place to go as well. Obviously better than America to go if you're going. It's cheaper. Um, they have wine there. Do the Americans have wine? Okay. And actually unreflected on this map when I looked at it this morning and just going over it, I realized that it's missed off one vital thing. I think about six of you went on a Caribbean cruise last year, and I can't see that highlighted anywhere on there. It's so tiny. Okay. Uh, but significant numbers of the congregation went to the Caribbean. It's that bit down there, isn't it? Yeah. 
There's a little tiny yellow bit there. Yeah, okay. Um, what this little survey shows me is that as a house, two things. One, we are privileged to be able to travel. Many of us travel because of our work. Uh, we travel because of our family. And uh, some of us travel because we just got money and we can go on holiday. But we're privileged to be able to go into all the world. And uh, that's amazing. Now, you might be sitting there, oh, I haven't had a holiday in like 25 years, and that's probably me. Um, but you're still privileged. I'm privileged. I went to two amazing nations this year uh, with God. And um, that's part of what I want to say today. I want to give you a little bit of a challenge. You see, when you go on holiday, when you travel, you've got a choice. What do you take with you? Really, there's no choice. There's one thing if you're leaving the country you do need. Uh, this might be a reminder. Some of you haven't checked your passport recently. Make sure that everything is in date because you don't want to go to Peterborough and sit in a queue for three or four hours and pay through the nose to get your passport updated. But you do need a passport, don't you? This passport says that I'm a, a citizen of the United Kingdom. Hallelujah. Actually, I was born in the United States of America, but I'm neutralized. Uh, no, naturalized. <laughs> it's interesting. I hold this today, and I was reminded of it, because uh, it's something I want to preach about a little bit later. But there was a prophecy over my life that one day I would hold two passports in my hand, one from the place I was born and the one place I was neutralized to. We have to take that, don't we? Some of us might even bother to, because it's not too heavy, fit one of these in our, uh, our bag. When you, if you're not traveling for work, but if you're going, to take some, you're going to spend some money and you're going to travel, see the world, what do you do? Do you, do you leave Jesus behind with all that rowdy crowd that have got so many business jobs and things to do, for you to do in the church? Just get away as I think Pastor Sarah was saying, I just, went, I just wanted to be on my own. Do you leave Jesus behind? I'm sure she didn't. I take Jesus, just don't take the rest of them, no. Do you, take, do you take him? Do you leave him? Or do you go with him? So it's different from taking Jesus and going with Jesus, Okay. In uh, Matthew 28, verse eight, uh, 18 to 20, the Great Commission, it's our commission. It's, it's what this is about here, up there. Um, the commission, it says this, just in this couple of verses, 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize him in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very ends of the age. Normally the emphasis is on go and today it's talking about going, okay? Actually the structure of that sentence is whilst you are going, make. It's about making. And there'll be other sermons and other sermons which will talk about what it is to make a disciple, how you teach something, everything you've learned from Jesus so that they can obey him like you do. But this is emphasis here today on going. Whilst you are going, whilst you are going, whilst you're going for your business partner, whilst you're going for your company, whilst you're going for your recreation, whilst you are going, make. 
And that means going to Aldi, going to, uh, yes, going to Tesco's, going for those posh amongst you to Marks and Spencer's. Where it is you are going, but it's also the Caribbean, it's also Paris, it's also France, uh, Spain, Italy. Wherever you are going, make. And that's your choice, not comms choice. It's our choice together. And we're going to have uh, three little illustrations. These people, I'm not going to ask people about their Caribbean holidays or anything like that. I've asked three people who didn't just take Jesus, they went with Jesus. And so we're going to look at that uh, three incidents today. Uh, Joe, can you come up? Andy, can you come up? And then we'll take it from there. Yeah, give them a round of applause. So there's method in your mind. You've got five minutes. All right? We're going to stand behind you going, hurry up, hurry up. Okay. But what I want you to answer, Joe, is you went to Mexico. Why did you go? And was there a significant relationship or friendship that you made while you were there? Got the pulpit. Thank you. It's a bit of a shock. It's time to preach, is it? No, no, seriously. I went to um, Mexico uh, because I was invited. I was invited by a good friend and a brother uh, who ministered to me in university and has always been telling me of what God is telling me, telling him that I should do. So I obeyed and I went to Mexico. Went to Mexico last year and again this year and hopefully in November this year too again. A significant relationship? Yes, there was a one gentleman, the guy interpreting there. I don't know who that fellow is doing that pose over there. (laughs) But this gentleman here is called Gabriel, and this church, I think, is Cristo La Luz, uh, the light of, who's Spanish here? Oh, you've got the Spanish man here. What's that? The light, that's it. Thank you very much. My Spanish is great, by the way. <laughs> this message, I was struggling in, in trying to find out what to speak, and I was speaking on, I wanted to speak on the birth of John and the significance of John to Jesus. And when I went, I was saying, is this the message, Lord? And then the interpreter that I met, his name was Gabriel. So I thank God for, I I said, okay, well, I know I'm in the right place and this is the right message. So we preached that message and he did a really wonderful job and he's very selfless. And at the time, I didn't know, but he had been struggling with work He speaks excellent English, and he's very, very gifted. I think he's a lawyer as well. And he has two young boys, twin boys. And throughout the time of ministry, after the message, there was just full-on ministration, full-on ministration. And then he was very selfless. He didn't say to me, look, pray for me, pray for my family. But his wife came up and was saying, look, he needs a job. She was in tears. And he still wasn't, like, coming forward. And we just prayed. Then the point being, the significant relationship is that by understanding, it's a relationship to discipleship. So it's not just about just going and then, okay, we've done it, that's it. When we come back home, these guys are on our mind. The ones you lay hands on should be on your minds. One day, by prompting the Holy Spirit, I was praying for him. And then I messaged him. And he sent me a message back saying, look, 
goodness, you won't believe it, but a job that had been withheld from him, he's finally got the job. It's his dream job. It's what he wanted to do. We thank God for that. And moreover, he said, look, he began to recount a dream he had that very, time, that very morning that I texted him on. It's a detailed dream. I won't go into it. But the point being is that it's a relationship to discipleship. I think there's a word in um, Psalm 104. Speaks of, uh, a verse speaks of the wine being that which gladdens the heart, the oil which shines the face. But it is the bread that gives strength to the heart. So it's coming back to, yes, the ministration is that which will give you gladness and that anointing give you that peace. But it is the word. It is the pressing in. It is the relationship to discipleship that will give strength. Five minutes. Wow. Woo. Time. Time. And our second bout today is Andrew. You can applaud if you want. I don't mind. <laughs> ¿Qué pasa? Chicos. Um, my beautiful wife and I have been going to Spain for around about 13 years now. There was a big cheer when they said, have you all come from Spain? Is that because it's cheap? Five Is that minutes. why you're all cheering? And What's that? Five minutes. Five minutes. So... <laughs> We're going to put the first slide up, Sarah, uh, which is my dad there. This is amazing. We, spend, uh, we disappear there for six months of the year, and, and you probably wonder where we go. But, you know, we have a, a link in with a, um, an organization called Compassion Compassion. And there's my dad there doing what we're going to be doing here in a few weeks. That almost makes me well up. We arrived back on the plane, and we'd had such a great time. We, this is the uh, Muslim ladies to the side here. We do them for one week. We feed them. We give them clothing uh, and furniture and all these bits and pieces. Um, next week will be uh, the South American people, South America. Then uh, the third week will be just the, the Spanish people. Fourth week will be Russian people coming in. These people have nothing absolutely nothing. I can't tell you some of the poverty that exists outside of your Holiday Inn in Barcelona. It's amazing to see the stuff that goes on out there. So that's, that's what we do while we're not here. Okay, so the next slide. Uh, yeah, the, the, top, the top one. Top um, so while we're out there and we do the Compassion Compassion, that's actually held in a Russian church. Um, and we've made links with the Russian pastor there. Um, and he invited us to give our testimony and to, for Andy to lead the worship, which is great, you know, in Russian. It's like, yeah, of course, God, yeah, if God, God can do anything. Um, so we were, you know, it was amazing. We were um, giving our testimony there, and afterwards we were praying for people for healing. And um, I've never, ever prayed for somebody who has post-traumatic stress disorder because they've come from a war-torn um, country. Um, some ladies there from Ukraine who had been living amongst bombs going off, um, and they were in Alicante, fiesta time, lots of fireworks, so they were having a really tough time. Um, but, you know, a year ago, if somebody said to me, you'll be in a Russian church praying for Russian people, um, I would have said... 
that's not me, Lord. (laughs) Send someone else. Um, But, you know, it's been open to what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Um, Had we not have been helping with the Passion Compassion, uh, Compassion Compassion, um, we would never have met the Russian pastor. We would never have been at the Russian church. So it's just about, you know, saying yes and being open and seeing where, where the Lord takes you. And um, we were, were taken there. And, you know, while I was, we were there, we were able to help a um, Russian lady who had come in the night before with nothing. She had nowhere to stay, no means of getting anywhere. And she just said to us, do you have a car? And we said, yes. She said, can you take me somewhere to stay? So we found a hotel for her, managed to take her and her two small children and made sure that they were safe. And then the Russian pastor was then going to look after them from there. But, you know, it's just, like I say, it's about being available, just listening to the Holy Spirit and going where he wants you to go. And just want to take it full circle, really. The, the two at the bottom there uh, are quite a few nutty people you're probably sitting next to, some of these guys. So the, part of the, the dream for us in those 13 years was to loop it back in with Comchurch. And we talked about this before. Rather than bombing and going, it's 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 being part of that person's life and working with them. So, uh, on the left, my uh, on your left, <laughs> um, <clears throat> we have our weekly Skype group that we do. Some of those people in with us today, we'll connect with people from Colombia sometimes, uh, Madrid, uh, Seville on a regular basis. We connect with those people. So Sevilla. we're in a way uh, <laughs> Sevilla, see <Sevilla>. muy bien. <laughs> So, um, so it, it's keeping that alive, and we just want to thank Comchurch sincerely for backing us on this and for running with it, because it's a mad ministry. Um, but to be able to come and take some of that Spanish and move it back again, the one over to your right is us going into like an old people's home, our Spanish group, and, and they didn't know what we were singing. They didn't care. They just wanted to see us come in. And, and it's, it's a case of looping things back round. So finally, Kath, to loop things back round. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, so last year while we were in Spain, um, an opportunity arose for us to go to Sevilla, Seville. Um, and, um, you know, we almost didn't go because we had four days when we had nobody coming to see us. And that was our four days of rest. But, you know... We were prompted by the Holy Spirit that we said, you know, Lord, we will say yes wherever an opportunity arises. So we said yes, and we went to Seville. And we met a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful family. And... Um, Carlos y Roberto, aquí. Vamos, vamos, sí. Um, and, um, you know, we got talking to their mum and dad. Uh, it's Vicente's brother. And... Um, the mum's dream was for the, for the boys to be able to come to England, but they didn't have the finances to do that. And God really laid it on my heart that we needed to help these guys to get here. So this year we paid for them to come over, um, and they've been such a blessing to us. And you know, thank you to Comchurch because they took them to camp for this last year. Uh, you know, thank you, Rob. You know, you've... Rob has gone over, over the, you know, he's done more than he, necessary. You know, he's translated everything into Spanish for them so they'd feel part of it. But, you know, and these guys have been a real blessing. And, you know, we've brought them over and we want them to bless you now because um, they, they write Christian rap songs. So, and they're actually going to perform for you. So, estos listos? Yes. yes, they're ready. Okay, I think the words are going to be in English and Spanish on the screen, but they might not be in time for what they're saying because they're very fast. 
<laughs> okay, so I think we'll hand over to the guys. del trueno directamente a ti sin freno suena la alarma lunes por la mañana salto de mi cama a tropiezo con la almohada pero a mí nada me para la sangre de Jesús puso una sonrisa en mi cara saltando, bailando, cantando voy a la cocina y preparo mi tostada soy tipo sencillo, yo no me complico gozo, alegría, si cumplo con mi oficio me veo en el espejo y digo ¿qué es esto? se fue el dolor, el miedo, el rencor ya no tengo ningún temor la soledad dijo adiós y el sufrimiento me dejó cuando sus ojos puso en mí volvieron las ganas de vivir sintiéndome liberado, salvado rescatado por mi Dios que me ha creado y siempre de su mano voy agarrado hoy la vida tiene sentido ya no estoy herido Tu santo espíritu me ha ungido Me ha vestido con su armadura Para batallar sin miedo alguno Porque con él te de ganar Y no os quiero cansar Solo quiero animar Yo no me voy a callar Los hijos del trueno Y te vienen a predicar El miedo ya se fue El dolor se marchó Un nuevo día amaneció Jesús llegó Ya no tengo más temor Contigo yo voy Solo quiero adorar y proclamar Caminando por la calle la sociedad me persigue Modas invisibles y disfraces que dicta mentira La hipocresía les hace pensar que son invencibles Buscando aceptación, caen en las imitaciones baratas De sociedad corrompida, ha llevado la extinción de la vida El amor, los valores, el respeto ya están desaparecidas Ya ni familias unidas, está de moda el odio, la envidia Provocando una humanidad dividida Ya no se aman, ya no se cuidan, ya no quieren nada En su vida la maldad está involucrada Sus heridas destilan veneno Y así mueren sus días sin conocerlo pleno Mueren sin conocerlo pleno El miedo ya se fue El dolor se marchó Un nuevo día amaneció Jesús llegó Ya no tengo más temor Contigo yo voy Solo quiero adorar y proclamar Hermano, hermana Dios te ama Y esto no se trata de fama Él quiere que seas luz Como lo dijo Jesús Él tanto te amó Que por ti murió en una cruz Para perdonarte, salvarte Y vivir una vida eterna Con Él en el cielo Con lo ve no te parece interesante Mira, te explico Te conoce a Jesús Como tu Señor y Salvador Él no te pide nada Él solo anhela tu corazón Él solo anhela tu corazón El miedo ya se fue el dolor se marchó, un nuevo día amaneció, Jesús llegó, ya no tengo más temor, contigo yo voy, solo quiero adorar y proclamar. El miedo ya se fue, el dolor se marchó, un nuevo día amaneció. Jesús llegó, ya no tengo más temor, contigo yo voy, solo quiero adorar y proclamar. El miedo se fue, llegó Jesús, llegó la luz. Thank you, thank you.
Yeah, okay. My son has never let me have an audition for singing. Nor his mum. Nor his wife. Perhaps if I started a signature on... No, I don't know. Wow! What kind of a Sunday morning is this? Hey? To hear about relationships in Mexico and in Spain. And then to have these guys, truly talented, writing lyrics like that. I didn't even try to look at the Spanish. I looked at the English. What lyrics? And they do that on the street, not in the church. Isn't that amazing? Wow. The, the third one is in the form of video. And when I watched it for the first time this morning, I was, I was gobsmacked. I was, it was just really, really good. <clears throat> and I'm not saying that it's just because it's my son, but it was just really, really good. It captured the heart of what the Uganda trip was about. So we've been to one continent, been to another, and now another continent. This is Con Church, and it's all in the first half of this year. What could we possibly do in 2020, do you imagine? Um, theme of what I wanted to say is it's about relationships. You saw there are relationships that are formed in both of those situations. One, uh, Gabriel sent as a messenger, as a, a translator for, and, uh, for, for Joe, and then uh, Andy making these kind of relationships, just one thing leading to another thing, to a Russian, to another family, and, and then to these boys being here to fulfill a dream that their mother had. For me, uh, the relationship is with a man called Peter Kazozi and his wife Rose. And uh, my first visit in 2001 in Uganda, he was the first African I met, actually got into his car and then drove for about seven hours on Ugandan roads to this uh, church filled with people around, I think it was around 800 that had been there for such a long time through the day because they had been told to arrive in the morning and we arrived in the evening. Uh, and then we, uh, Richard just got out of the car, fresh as a daisy, and started preaching for a couple of hours. And the response was amazing. But I had that seven hours in the car with Peter, and I got to know him. And uh, a bond, a friendship has, has developed so much between the two of us and with his wife, Rose, and, and his extended family. is a huge family of, of people, particularly Roy has... Um, made that special connection with both, first of all, Joshua and now Simeon. Now that Simeon's been allowed to play on Roy's drum kit in his little uh, sound studio. Um, you'll see maybe a flash of them in this picture, but I want you to think about the fact that it's upon relationships as we go that has made the big difference. So this is the Uganda video uh, from this year. So, been going to Uganda and Kenya since 2001. This is the um, eighth trip, to, I think, to Uganda. Probably about the 13th trip to, to Kenya. 
and it was in an, perhaps the best one that we've ever done. Um, I would say it was because of the team that I took. The team was uh, multi-talented, multidisciplinary, and although the majority of them hadn't been to Uganda or Kenya before, anywhere in Africa, they just rose to the challenge and um, were prepared to take on all kinds of different uh, tasks. Most of them thought that they were going to bless others when they were there, but all of them discovered that when you do that, that's when you receive such an amazing blessing. For me, one of the highlights of our, our two weeks was going to Kenya, to Maru. Um, we met with uh, Joseph. And Joseph is the Chief Fire Officer yeah. in Maru County Fire Service, and he's built up this team of um, uh, firefighters. There must be about 15 or 20 of them in the county, and they're operating these, these fire engines which have been donated by uh, Bedfordshire Fire and Rescue and then paid to send over by Comchurch um, over the last 10 years. And it's incredible. It's the most, probably the most advanced fire service in Kenya outside of Nairobi. So we had our, our first fire engine in 2009. Uh, and actually, so far, the, the support has been a continuous support all the way from 2009. They have not actually, they have been uh, bringing in new fire engines actually and also for the same. They have been uh, taking me to UK for the training so that I can be able to upgrade my knowledge and able also on the same to be able to come back and uh, train my fellow firefighters which uh, we actually have in, the, in our fire service. We are trying to open more fire, more fire substations where we can be able to reach to the community whenever they need us quicker and uh, actually without covering wrong distances. You know, the, the giving of people in Comchurch has really saved lives. Like, you know, Joseph was telling us stories of how um, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of houses have been saved, like thousands and thousands of pounds worth of property has been saved, you know, babies have been pulled out of pits. That, that you know, that's, that's the giving of people that's allowed that to happen and, and actually the legacy of, of Pastor Doug um, and what he started with Freda Candy, you know, all those years ago and, you know, that, that, that's, that was amazing for me to see. When we landed on the Saturday morning in uh, Uganda at uh, Entebbe Airport, we went straight to the lakeside and um, Peter and Rose uh, from Rock Ministries had organised uh, for 47 uh, young people uh, and adults to be baptised in the lake. Um, but the best bit, the icing on the cake, was just that morning. Um, Stevie decided to give his life to Jesus and wanted to be baptised uh, along with the 47. So that was awesome. Um, and so for this trip, we raised about 85 bras and different clothes to just donate to all the ladies and some of the kids as well. And it was just really cool to give back. There were two main strands while we were in Uganda. One was the teaching ministry, and we had a chance to meet with um, many different uh, pastors and leaders. And uh, uh, it was great that Sarah, uh, who came along with us, was able to take a, a, a women's only conference. Myself, I was leading in uh, different uh, events and co uh, conferences through the week, both in uh, Chitetika, but also in the outlying regions as well that Peter's involved with. But at the same time, there was this business venture which uh, Stevie and Jack were running, which was the opening of Gents Barbering Uganda. Do you guys have any questions so far? Yeah? What is and this is the only corner bit that I'm worrying about first of all, okay? 
So the, the project started about uh, a week ago. Um, we arrived from Kenya in Uganda. Um, we walked into the shop. Um, now looking at the shop, I could never imagine how it actually is. It's crazy to think that this is now gents barbering. So Stevie's been working with the guys uh, for a week. Um, he's had a proper intense training uh, course. Um, there's 12 uh, lads and girls that have come out of the course and their standard of cutting is actually, it's phenomenal. I can't believe how well they've all actually done. Um, with, in, with regards to the shop, um, all of us guys uh, have literally just been slugging it out all week to make sure we got it done in time. My name is Arnold. I'm so grateful about the whole program. Um, this is the dream come true to me. Um, I've learned a lot. I'm so grateful that Steven came here. Anyone would want this opportunity, but I'm so happy that I'm one of the people who benefited from this opportunity. Honestly, experience from, from the start to finish has been life-changing. One thing that stands out to me is just how happy everyone is here. And I think that their happiness is so infectious and it makes you just love everything about Uganda. Uh, the people have been absolutely wonderful and welcoming and we have had such a brilliant and uh, fulfilling time here in Africa. Well, going to Africa for the first time was incredibly life-changing. I absolutely love the trip and I will definitely be back next year. So all of this wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for you guys. Um, that ranges from Gents customers to Comchurch, everyone who's involved in Comchurch. Um, I can't thank you guys enough. Rock projects, amazing. Without all of them guys that have been involved in this, we would not have had this project and it wouldn't have happened. I'm so thankful it has happened. Thank you everyone. Uh, the, it was a transformational project. Uh, it changed me, and it changed the team that went uh, considerably. It was from death to life type transformation. Um, but I just want to home in on one little bit there. Uh, during the week, uh, I told, uh, before I think it was, I told the boys uh, from Gents Barbering they didn't need to worry about things like their business while they were away because it would flourish. And... Uh, over this last week, first of all, there was an article <clears throat> in the um, newspaper they picked up locally on the fact that the, the gents barbering went to Uganda. And then that led to a radio interview uh, on Monday. And uh, uh, just uh, lunchtime, key spot, guys were represented there, Jack doing his Jack thing. And uh, it was very, very good. And then in the middle of that, uh, the presenter suddenly thought, he was sort of browsing through the Gents Barbering Uganda, and he, he noticed that it was open and maybe he could book himself an appointment, maybe even talk to, Vic, uh, to uh, Arnold, uh, who uh, is the now manager of the shop. And uh, whilst they rapidly played some song or other on the radio, he rang them up and then Vic, uh, Arnold was on the line. 
And to hear Arnold just answer this guy, he must have been like cutting hair or something, he suddenly gets this call from the UK, some random dude who says he's from BBC and, and, and just speaking to him. It was amazing. Um, and you saw him there, he was so happy. And uh, I know it's on the boy's heart that they would love to, to see uh, Arnold come here and be trained uh, for a week or so, like much in the same way as Joseph was done on the other project. Um, and maybe it's a dream that, you know, the Lord will, will make happen in 2020. Wouldn't that be awesome? Um, but it's, it's what I, I really wanted to illustrate is that when I had been a Christian for about a year, Myself and a friend uh, who was baptised with me, we decided that maybe God, we ought to find out about being a missionary. Maybe we were going to be called to be missionaries. And we both went on this weekend with London, uh, with uh, Africa Inland Mission. And the, the title of the, the uh, weekend away was called, I Might Be Eaten Up by Lions. And they had this chap speaking, a very, uh, I, I, can't, I, I can't remember, I don't want to remember the name, man's name. He's a, the, a theologian as well as a missionary. And he, he, he really scared, scared us absolutely uh, senseless. And we came away from that knowing that we'd never go to Africa ever. Uh, and it's always a bit sad when you make those kind of promises because God just takes them as challenges. And a few years later, it was with that young lady's... Uh, husband and myself, we went to Africa for the first time. And, uh, you know, I wasn't formally trained as a missionary. I wasn't with an agency or anything like that. I just went because I felt God was poking me to go. And I'd try it and then I'd done it and I'd be fine. 20 years later, the heart is still in Africa. It's in Uganda. Um, but what I wanted to say to you today is that missionary work is not about getting your degree. It's not about, <clears throat> certainly if you're going to sell your life and go to, to a different country and sell yourself out to another people group, you do, it is a helpful thing to find out and get the background training and the extra help and so on. But what we're talking about is being prepared to go. And in going, on our regular journeying, being prepared to make. And any one of us could do that. Whatever your skills, whatever your, your educational qualifications or whatever, if your heart is in the right place, if you want to go with Jesus, then it will be Jesus that will make the difference when you get there. Um, the little bit of scripture I wanted to look at is I want to take something out of the teaching material that I was teaching whilst I was out there uh, this year. It was from 2 Timothy. And I was looking at, uh, sorry, 1 and 2 Timothy, but uh, I'm going to just briefly look at 1 Timothy and I'm going to look at the starting point. In Acts, if you have a phone with a Bible on it or a Bible, that's a novelty. Uh, can you turn to Acts 16? Five verses there. In Acts 16, this is <coughs> Paul and he arrives in a place called Lystra. He said he came to Derby, and then they went on to Lystra where there was a disciple named Timothy and he lived whose mother was a Jewish, uh, Jewess and a believer. So she was both a Jew and had become a believer in Jesus Christ, but whose father was a Greek. The brothers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him, and Paul wanted to take him along on the journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in the area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. 
As they traveled from town to town, they delivered the, the decisions agreed, uh, reached by the apostles and the elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. This relationship uh, that is documented in the New Testament between Paul and Timothy is very significant. But I just want to look at the fact that Paul, whilst he was traveling, was aware and open to those people that God was using or preparing, and they was prepared to just join the team with him and bring on board. Now, it doesn't say how Timothy came to faith before he met, uh, before this, this, this occasion in, in 16. However, there is a hint, because if you go back a few pages into Acts 14, Paul was in the town at that time on another occasion. And basically the story is this. He's in Lystra. There's a man who's been crippled since birth in both legs. He calls him out and tells him to walk. The man gets up and walks and the whole of the the people around are shocked at this obvious work of a God. And so they start calling out and believing that Paul is a god or a messenger of the gods and a whole crowd of people start uh, following him and then the mood gets a bit ugly as uh, people come in and they start saying well we can't have this can't have that and it basically ends very bloodily because Paul is stoned near to or to death the scripture just simply says uh, they stoned Paul and dragged him outside of the city thinking he was dead but After the disciples had gathered around him, he got up, went back into the city, and the next day he and Barnabas left for Derby. So what happened looks close to being either a direct healing or a resurrection, a raising of Paul. My heart feels that it was at this point, a few years before, as Paul visits for the first time to Lystra, that there's a boy there who's been raised by his mum, who's a Jew, but also is a now a believer. And they, either she and he, or he, puts his faith and trust in, in God at that point. Paul wouldn't have even noticed him, maybe, until he goes back a few years later, and there, uh, everybody's talking about the new convert, Timothy, who is spoken well of, and Paul identifies him and takes him along with him. And then this story continues. We see him just following him in different places and at different times. He's eventually sent off into other places and or left behind to look after matters. And when we get to the letters of 1 and 2 Timothy, sometimes mislabeled as the pastoral letters, uh, we see that Paul treats Timothy not as a local pastor, but as a son who has been sent with apostolic authority to sort out the situation in the Ephesus church. And Timothy is, I dare I say, timid guy. His personality is he needs lots of reassurance and so on and so forth. And uh, 
the letters of 1 and 2 Timothy, that they are filled with encouragement, they are filled with encouraging words, but at the same time, hard tasks for Timothy to do in the congregation. He has to confront elders that have gone wrong. He has to sort out situations. And it was a hard fight that he found himself in. Well, the few verses I just want to read uh, from 1 Timothy are these. I want to look at Timothy 1. Chapter 1 and verses 1 and 2. And I've just printed this out. Because I want to read it from the Passion Translation. Verses 1 and 2, and then I want to read verses 18 and 19 of the same chapter. Listen to Paul's heart. From Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, for it was Jesus himself, our living hope, who sent me as his servant by the command of God, our life giver. Timothy, you are my true spiritual son in the faith. May abundant grace, mercy, and total well-being from God the Father and the Anointed One, our Lord Jesus, be yours. And then a little bit further. So, Timothy, my son, I am entrusting you with this responsibility. In keeping with the very first prophecies that were spoken over your life, and are now in the process of fulfilment in this great work of ministry, in keeping with the prophecies spoken over you. With this encouragement, use your prophecies as weapons as you wage spiritual warfare by faith and with a clean conscience. For there are many who reject these virtues and are now destitute of the true faith." In the process of going, and we are of our heart being led by God to be making disciples, sometimes we find the person that God has led us to who will become for us even like a spiritual son, someone who will, like Paul, we will pour ourselves into. Sometimes we get more than we ever even bargained for. We go and we find a father who will pour himself into us. Paul may have never realised when he first went to Lystra that Timothy was there, but he identified him the second time. And by the time we see him maybe 15 to 20 years later, in these letters, he's pouring himself out. In fact, in 2 Timothy, it's almost like a last will and testament because he knows it's unlikely for Timothy to get to his jail cell, his execution cell, before He finishes. Here, in this couple of verses I've just picked out, was something that the Lord really spoke to me while I was in Uganda. And it was this. From time to time, you'll have people speak words over you, prophecies. They do have to be tested, weighed, but we should also reflect and churn on them, chew on them, allow, the God to, allow God to speak to us about them and hold them perhaps for a very long time because some of those prophecies take a long time to come to fruition. Paul tells Timothy, we had laying of hands on you. We prayed for you. In 2 Timothy, talks about the laying on of hands, the receiving of the Holy Spirit of power, of love and a sound mind. Here he's reminding Timothy, he's saying, those prophecies about your ministry are now being fulfilled, but you have to use them like weapons. 
to see your ministry fulfilled. Because we can't just leave, like some of us leave our Bible at home when we go on holiday. We cannot leave the word of God that's been spoken in our lives behind when we have another opportunity for a job interview or we need to chance whether we're going to do this with our life or we're going to do that with our life. We need to refer to the word of God, both the written one and the spoken word which we carry because that will bring about the processes. They will be the very weapons that will disarm the enemy when he brings doubt to us. So standing... It happened first, actually. It was standing in um, uh, a slum on the outside of, um, of Nairobi called Mathari, which in, in local terms means mad person because it's, Mathari is guarded, really, by a, a great big mental hospital that was, was there. It's been there for a very long time. And uh, the slum, you have to go past this every time you go into the slum. And I was standing there and I suddenly realised that uh, God had spoken prophecies over my life, not just when I first went to Africa, but within a year of becoming a Christian, like 30 plus years ago. And it was that you will have two sons, and both of them will be priests. And they will speak the word of God. And that day, as I was uh, sharing in that, in, in that fairly humble surroundings, Simeon was with me, He'd drawn the short straw to go with Dad while the others looked at the bright, shiny fire engines and everything else. And uh, Simeon served that, that prophecy because I shared it. And then he was prepared just to get up and just share something of the Word of God which God had given him on, on the armour of God. And the power of God was evident in that little place. It was like um, the enemy was disarmed. Anything that might have happened on that trip subsequently there was no problems on the team. I think it wasn't a crossed word on the team until we were literally in the airport to go home after Uganda. Because of your prayer cover, but also because the word of God is living and active. And if we use it and sharpen it, if we use it as iron sharpening iron on one another, if we speak the word of God to one another, then it will disarm all the powers and principalities and it will enable God's kingdom to come and his will to be done. But that process, I took my sons with me. But there are others that I met there, even on this trip. Uh, Roy Kazozi, Peter's uh, son, who's actually now the owner of Gents Barbering, Uganda. I felt there was a new uh, process beginning with myself and him. And he was like, if, if my dad's your brother, does that make you my uncle? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm not sure about the theological implications of that one. But he was you know, speaking into his life and into the life of his wife, Caitlin. I know that those prophecies will come to fulfillment this year. They have to. And I know also that the, the medical facility that they are building in a, a little village just outside of Kampala, at Basika, um, that's going to be a part of what happens next year. Somehow the Lord is going to do something in there because there are prophecies over my life, over their lives. And I will use those prophecies as weapons to fight doubt, to fight fear, to apparent lack because God's will will be done when we cooperate with him. 
And that's very important for us. So I brought you something about Timothy and Paul. But I wonder, do you already have Timothys in your life? Do you already have people that you are prepared to pour a legacy into? Not just leave them an inheritance, but legacy. Something of what you've learned from God, how you've begun to obey God, you're pouring it into someone else. It's very important because as we go, we make. Now, to wrap up what I want to say, I just want to leave you with this thought. What is your personal vision for 2020? I'm sure we'll get Julian and Sarah to talk about that at the church and and so on. Where will you go? What will you make? Who will you take with you? Are you prepared to travel? Is it a chance to leave church behind? Will you take Jesus with you as an optional extra, as something to do on the plane? Or will you go with Jesus, i.e. he sets the agenda? He's the one that tells you what to take. He's the one that gives you the relationships that you need to build. He's the one who says, yeah, there's an outing I'd like you to take this time. It's to a Russian uh, radio station. Or how about this? How about that? Because to travel from the United Kingdom means that we take the king of that kingdom with us. He's the one. We carry an ambassador passport, diplomatic immunity, because we represent a different kingdom when we go. And I'm not talking about common kingdom. There isn't a common kingdom. There's a com family that is growing, that is spreading out across the world, that sees nations from all over come to be united in one place, but carries such a resource, a heart for the nations, because that's what God wanted in this place years ago. He wanted this place to be a light to the nations. He wanted this place to be a family that was demonstrated that we need the nation. We need the nations together to hear Jesus, to to sing the praises of Jesus in Spanish rap, to dance Jesus. That's why we are unique. That's why we celebrate today. That's because we have a commission which has compassion that you are a part of. But what will you do? Will you leave him? Will you take him? Or will you go with him? And if you say, well, I I haven't got the resources. I don't have a passport. My wife didn't have a passport for years. Now she's got a passport. She hasn't used it yet. But the Lord has given her one. So maybe this year she will use it. Yes? Maybe the Lord will enable you to get a passport this year. Maybe he will give you the resources that you need. If you're thinking, oh, Com will pay for me to go to the Caribbean. No, no, we won't. No, if if you want to go, you will need to find the resources to go. And the family will stand with you in that. But you will need to work hard to prepare for that. The opportunities, I'm not going to call people to the front today, but I'm going to be at the back later. You want to register interest in 2020, you talk to me. There will be two evenings in September when we will gather for prayer and planning.
but the Lord will direct our footsteps because I know part one, 2019, was amazing. And I have no doubt that God will do it better in 2020. Thanks for listening to Com Church Talks. We'd love to hear from you and you're welcome to any of our Sunday services or midweek comms. For more information or to get in touch, visit our website at www.comchurch.org.uk or find us on Facebook. God bless.